passing. Hey, welcome back to the Thundercast, a very special edition. I'm your host, Connor Sanders. The day after the big announcement, uh, Southern Utah University announcing in Houston on Thursday that they will be joining the Western Athletic Conference. Um, we have a very special guest, my, ho- my co-host, Kelton Jacobson, with us today, and our special guest, Hayden Coombs, who was in Houston for the announcement. Um, Hayden, tell us how you're feeling as, as you got back from the trip. What are your, I guess, initial thoughts? You know, when the the rumor first leaked, um, I definitely felt like, well, h- how is this a move in the right direction? We can win the Big Sky in football. We're looking like we can finally win the Big Sky in basketball and joining a conference with New Mexico State and some of those Texas schools, like Stephen F. Austin yeah. is, is a basketball school too now. Um, it's like, well, we're never going to win that conference. But... Uh, I came back from Houston definitely feeling like this was, if not the right move, an exciting move, and it's going to open up a lot of new opportunities for SUU. Yeah, for sure. I, that was the the big takeaway I had from the press conference, too, is that, you know, you, you get an opportunity, like the way that Debbie, the athletic director, Debbie Corbin phrased it was an opportunity like this comes knocking, you have to have the courage to open up the door. And I was like, Damn. That's, I mean, that's ultimately what it, it must have come down to. It, it sounds like this move was really initiated by the Texas schools that are involved. That's what Lamar, Abilene Christian, um, there's a few. Tarleton. Tarleton, Stephen F. Austin, um, and Sam Houston. They they wanted to make this move from the Southland. I don't know what they, they saw specifically in the WAC. There is, like Coach Simon talked about, there's kind of some brand recognition and and President Wyatt talked about that too, that Utah has a long-standing tie to the Western Athletic Conference. Yeah. But they might have to start calling it the Southwestern Athletic Conference <laughs> because it's basically split into like the Texas schools and everybody else. Yeah. I don't know how the SWAC will feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've been talking about a conference that's looked for respect for a long time. Um, but it really is. It's divided between Texas and everyone else. And so... SUU is now, well, not now, but in 2022, they're going to be in a conference with New Mexico State, Grand Canyon, uh, Cal Baptist, which is in San Diego, UVU, Dixie, obviously, and Seattle. They're kind of the the one straggler that remained as a basketball-only member. Yeah. I thought it was interesting, too, that, uh, I mean, with, with this move to the WAC now, the WAC now houses more Texas schools than any other um, yeah. athletic conference and now more Utah schools than any other athletic conference as well so kind of kind of interesting tidbit there as well yeah that was that was interesting because um, President Wyatt at the press conference talked about this being a very Texas Utah heavy conference and and uh, Demario Warren spoke about how you know SU doesn't really have an imp- in uh hasn't really made inroads in Texas uh, thus far in in terms of recruiting he said a lot of maybe a lot of these kids don't know who we are, but they're going to to know, and that's such a recruiting ground that breeds talent not only in football but just in all the sports. Getting your your feet, you're kind of getting yourself established, having kind of like an embassy there in Texas, uh, that's huge. Yeah, and if there was anything I learned from the very onset of the press conference, I mean, the first person who got up and talked was the owner of the Houston Texans. 
and their entertainment group and everything, mm-hmm. the majority owner. And he spent about 15 minutes talking about the Sam Houston-Stephen F. Austin rivalry. Yeah. Um, and what that means to the state of Texas. And then he went in on the other Texas schools and was like, all right, we'll see you later. and a lot of us were looking around like oh wait you know Dixie and UVU and us and GCU are all here too the guy's like who? (laughs) so um, at the end of the day this was a very Texas motivated move and they needed another football playing school to come with them to make it uh, a full FCS conference ready to play in 2022 um, and I think ultimately that's why we got the call. We do yeah. have a uh, pretty substantial recent history with Sam Houston and Stephen F. Austin in football. Uh, the last few years we've played both of those schools in the regular season and in the FCS playoffs. Yes. So, and, and we've beaten them. So I, I think they respect us in a lot of ways. And it seems like there's already a lot of good connections there. Yeah, absolutely. And when Debbie talked about how they never would have got this offer if they hadn't been successful and winning two conference championships in what, like eight years of being there in the Big Sky Conference. That's a huge accomplishment, the, the strides that they made really so quickly too. And now you get to renew this this longstanding rivalry with Dixie State. Uh, we were always talking like, isn't it so intimidating that Dixie State's going D1? Like, are they going to steal all this to use recruits? And now I'm kind of like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. Let's have this freaking rivalry with Dixie State let's just hate on them all the time and compete for the same recruits and turn this turn Utah into just a, an athletic hub where you have three schools in the same conference, you know, you know, like Shailen Fano, for example, transfers in state. Now we're in the same conference. Mm-hmm. That's going to, that's going to be a, a consideration. How many transfers has SU had from UVU? Like you think about Ashley Larson and that now all of a sudden having all these in-state teams together, that's really exciting as well. I know that was a big part of it. You do lose the Weber State thing, which I had come to kind of really appreciate as a rivalry. Like, they seemed like they really didn't like us. But President Wyatt said that nobody considered us as their number one rival. My pushback might be Weber. I think that they they did definitely. You know, there were some heated contests. I I probed him a little bit on that um, because, yeah, for sure. You you asked Northern Arizona. This is an FCS school with a pretty rich FCS football history. They have had – I mean, you go back to the 90s, they had some pretty, pretty intense battles with Montana. Those were the two schools in the big sky, football-wise, that were going back and forth. Um, So, yeah, they still consider Montana their number one and us as, like, well... You're close to us. You're you're our geographic rivals, what they say. It's the school that's closest (laughs) to us. Um, But Weber State, even, I mean, I know that's one that SU has come to really, really just uh, embrace... Um, I feel like we get it from them more from that guy up north. What's his name? He's their beat writer. Only he's the biggest homer in the history of sports writing. Cause I mean, his Twitter <laughs> handle is Weber HQ and it's like, wait a second, you're supposed to be a journalist, <laughs> uh, not a blog. But, uh, I do think the sentiment around Weber state is, I, I think a lot of this too comes from the fact that we had so much success so fast in the big sky that they're a little apprehensive of considering us their rival because we're headed in the right direction and they weren't. Um, You talk to people, their number one is still Idaho State, you know? Yeah. They're, what, an hour and a half from Idaho State? And once again, those are two schools with 
at least football-wise, that have a, a, a pretty rich uh, history together. So um, Dixie, like the hate is there already. You yeah, know? built I, in. I was talking to, to one of my students who's actually dating a Dixie State football player. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said when they came on campus, he wouldn't get out of the car because he refused to step foot on SCU campus. Wow. And she was mad at him about it. Of course. But I'm like, you know, like, I get it. That's fun. That's that's some old school rivalry stuff. Like, no, you don't go on the other team's campus. Yes. You don't fraternize with the, the enemy. Yes. Yeah. There's, it's, there's it's some potential fun. for, like, and, doing weird pranks and stuff now that we're actually oh close to gosh, each other. Oh, my gosh. We're so close. And think, students – and so I had asked President Wyatt how this, this move affects SCU students. And not just the student athletes, because that's what all the, the yeah. emphasis is on, but the SU students in the greater SU community. And one of the things he mentioned is we've now got two rivalries that anyone can travel to. Yeah. We can load up a bus with the Thunder Crew and send them to UVU. Yeah. Literally everybody can get to St. George. So we're going to travel really, really well for the first time ever. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be exciting. Dixie State. Um, from what it sounds like, talking to President Wyatt, Dixie State's AD and university president are very, very chummy with President Wyatt. And of course, AD. yeah. They're, so we're, they're going to play up this there are rivals and everything. But he, he made the point of, you know, in the past, lots of SU administration has kind of viewed Dixie success means we're unsuccessful. Yes. And vice versa, right? The more that we're doing the more it diminishes what Dixie's doing. Even when Dixie's a powerhouse D2 and we're winning Big Sky Championships, Mm -hmm. you still don't want the other team to be successful. An example of that is when the day Dixie uh, made national headlines for announcing that they're going Division I, our athletic department literally gave them like 10 seconds before they announced, oh, their first football game is with SUU. And so immediately (laughs) the coverage from Salt Lake was not – hey, Dixie's going D1. This is exciting. It was the first D1 football game in the Dixie State era is going to be against SCU, yep. right? And so it, it's really interesting to see how this is a rivalry born out of mutual respect and admiration with this current administration rather than, oh, we hate those guys. They're you know down in St. George. We don't want them to be successful. So I think that is going to harbor uh, more long-lasting and healthy rivalry yes. rather than, you know, some of the, the horror stories you hear from college football's past. Yeah, and not only on the athletic side, just um, when you look at Dixie, the way they're growing, um, GCU, the way they've grown over the last few years, like Utah Valley just exploded in terms of um, population. And, like, you breed this competitive environment not only for athletics, like, when you think about California, you think about they play baseball there all year round. All the best baseball players are in California and Florida and Texas, right? Well, you know, now you have this acad- academically you compete with Dixie. And not only are you competing to, like, make them do worse, but secretly you're both getting better. Like, having yeah. this competition mm-hmm. so close to each other and constantly comparing ourselves to each other, that just means every time that we get an upgrade in equipment, Dixie's going to be like... You know, time for us to get okay. an upgrade in equipment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dixie, you get this big athletic stipend to rebuild your facilities. Well, now all of a sudden the pressure is going to be on SCU. Right. That's just going to be back and forth for the next. Who knows? As long as we're in the same conference, that's going to be like that. I think. I think SCU kind of got a two for one here, though, mm-hmm. as well with the conference change. 
specifically in basketball because they're right in the middle of of Utah Valley and Dixie State. True. Um, I mean, Utah Valley, they don't really have anyone else geographically close to them within this conference. I mean, Seattle is a thousand miles away and then GCU is <laughs> a thousand miles away. So the closest one is SUU. Yeah. So you get SUU um, to have two huge rivals now in not only Dixie State, but also Utah Valley. And of course, Utah Valley not playing football. And I don't think that changed in the in the conference change, but um, at least on the basketball court, you got you got two huge games that you can look forward to every single year. And GCU is not quiet either. They're, they've silently, yeah. like you said, Connor, they've grown and grown and I'm kind of nervous for them, to be quite honest. That game, the women's game against them, was just so fun. super intense. <laughs> yeah. Who's GCU's men's coach now? It's someone big. Um, it's a, it's a, I can't think of off the top of my head, but it's a former really Bryce, Bryce Drew. Drew. Yeah. The guy who hit the shot for for the Valparaiso Valpo went and played in in the NBA. Obviously, he's had a turbulent head coaching career with allegations and whatnot <laughs> hey but if he can coach you can know coach. and you know what gcu is one of the richest schools in the nation right now because yeah. they got that for-profit model i was gonna say yeah they're they the only for-profit swimming in it i mean they their campus is only like four thousand students but they've also got two billion students online yeah. you know <laughs> but uh what one thing to to add about uvu um Kelton, you mentioned, you know, basketball for them. What are they doing? Obviously, they'd like to be rivals with BYU because they're two seconds away from each other. But BYU would never. Think about, yeah, no. Way too much to lose for them. Yeah. Think about the the last five years of SUU basketball. Um, what was the most exciting moment in SUU basketball? It's probably the, the UVU game. Last year... UVU at home, the blackout game. The, yeah, when the players went into the crowd after. Debuted brand new jerseys. Everyone, like, it was the one game I've been so to I, here at SUU. And they bust a the bunch of people there. Yeah, section was packed. It was so UVU fun. UVU bust people down. Like, you guys were chanting back and forth <laughs> with their crowd the whole time, yeah. talking trash. Big Thunder had a big game for us. <laughs> and Massive. John Knight wins the game for us at the buzzer. Right, like I'm getting emotional. It was the most exciting moment in SU basketball recent history, for sure. Probably since 2001. Let's be honest, since they made the tournament. Yeah. And to think, like you know what, when we played UVU this year, it was another good game. Like that rivalry is already there for basketball. It's already yeah. started, and now we just get to cultivate that. And you know it. And there's a lot of, like, women's basketball doesn't like them. Like, yeah. this is a, an easy rivalry. Yeah, and, you know, lots of uh, lots of people, not so much on Twitter, but on Facebook, were not happy with the move. They were just kind of seeing all the negatives to it. And lots of the comments I saw was like, oh, we're just giving up what we have with Weber State. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, we still got a non-conference schedule. We, exactly. We can play Weber State still. In fact, think of how great it's going to be for us to now be able to play them in our exhibition games, those closed-door scrimmages before season. Mm -hmm. Like, SU and Weber State are both really good at basketball now, and we're going to be able to help each other get ready for our seasons. And so that that I don't see that rivalry going anywhere. I don't see it happening every single year. We obviously don't get them twice a year. Yes. But you know what? If we do a home-and-home home every three years, like two out of three years ain't bad for uh, a rivalry with Weber State, who, like President Wyatt said, 
doesn't even consider us their big rival like yeah. we do. And the other thing with Weber too is that, like, I asked specifically in the press conference about Weber State because, I mean, they're we had this connection. They've like last year they were crossing out the W's on everything across campus because of Weber. Um, <clears throat> you can still play them in preseason. And Demario Warren said that like Big Sky contact, Big Sky schools are still talking to us about scheduling. It's not like everybody was just like, yeah, you know. Then maybe the Montana schools will. They might not be so happy to, to schedule us in the future. I guess we shall see. Well, the Montana schools weren't happy we got in the conference in the first place. Exactly. So, so anyway, um, we'll definitely miss getting to play them every year, but you can still cultivate that, and people will want to travel for that game, and it'll still be a fun environment. Like, they don't have they don't have a lot of the things that we have. I, I really think that Dixie's an, an upgrade, and UVU's gravy. Like you said, Kelton, going two for one in adding rivals. I, I'm, I'm curious, Hayden, what you kind of gathered in, in Houston or if you did or because like you guys said it's been rumored for a while and we've been talking about it for a while yeah the move to the whack and what kind of move it was was it more conducive to basketball recruiting or, or football recruiting because you mentioned we have these kind of battles recently with Sam Houston and um, uh, Stephen F. Austin but do you think that it was more basketball like hey, let's build our basketball program, or do you think it was just overall competitive? We, we want to be a little bit more competitive. What do you think? Um, I'd say first and foremost, a lot of this move was about respect. I feel like um, current administration feels like they haven't been respected by the Big Sky. I mean, we have two Big Sky football championships, and yeah. both years the Montana schools refuse to acknowledge our championships because we didn't get to play them, right? And it's like, come on, we don't make our conference schedule. Yeah. You guys did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- there's just always kind of been that feeling of SEU's little brother, kind of an afterthought. So I honestly think that had something to do with it. I, I don't know if uh, anyone will go on the record and say that, but the amount of times I've heard people say that they felt slighted or rolled their eyes at something someone from the conference said, um, I think that had something to do with it. But then, you know, you yeah, you look at recruiting. We are now going to get four, five, six, seven trips a year to Texas, yeah, which is an untapped market, especially for football. I mean, one of our best basketball players in the last ten years, Cameron Lewington, came from Houston. Yeah, you know, Sweetwater. Um, so we we we're gonna have a lot of opportunities there. Obviously, with Cal Baptist. That's keeping us in L.A. and Southern California. That's huge. Phoenix is huge for us. Phoenix, we're already recruited a ton yeah. out of Arizona. Seattle, I mean, there's some Northwest talent there now, um, which obviously I'm I'm partial to. Um, I love those rainy state basketball players. But uh, it, it's – and another thing from the academic side is – the amount of travel that this is going to cut down on, That's, the yeah. amount of class time my students don't have to miss anymore. I mean, they may hate it, but guess what? Their grades are going to get better. They get more time in the classroom. Uh, it's, I think it's, it wasn't just a financial move. It wasn't just a recruiting move. It wasn't just an educational move. It wasn't just a level of competition move. It wasn't just a respect thing. But when you put all those together... I just, like you said, I don't think Debbie and, and President Wyatt thought that they could pass it up. Yeah, it really, just such a sweet deal in terms of all those things. The travel thing, too, is huge. Like, Debbie has been very consistent about the student-athlete experience is the most important thing to me. And 
she said that in every interview I've ever had with her, she has mentioned that. And that's, this is such a huge thing for the student athlete experience because travel just weighs on you. Like we did a story last year and I, the volleyball team had traveled something like 2000 miles and they hadn't even started the conference play yet. And like, you don't have to fly to the Montanas anymore. You don't have to make those long trips, you know, to Idaho, to Portland state. Um, You get to take buses for half their trips now. Yeah. Like. That's huge. And it's going to save on money too. Yeah. And they get to reinvest all that back into athletics. Yeah. That money doesn't go away. They get to keep that with the team. So um, it's, I think it's a good move all around. The The one thing that I kept getting hung up on when the rumor mills, you know, started turning on Twitter and President Wyatt had one of the great quotes of the weekend. He said, if you learned anything through this whole process, <laughs> it's that an athletics rumor is the one thing that fa- travels faster than the speed of light. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the three of us know how true that That's is, true. you know, but uh, the the thing I kept getting caught up on is like, okay, we're in a position to win the big sky and with, you know, under Todd Simon, John Wardenberg and the way they do things, we could run the big sky for years in basketball, assuming that, you know, Todd doesn't get poached by a bigger school, which yeah. we all know is going to happen eventually. But uh you know, a basketball conference with New Mexico State, who's a perennial top 25 team mm-hmm. and an NCAA tournament team, Stephen F. Austin, who went to Cameron Indoor Stadium and beat Duke, broke their, <laughs> what, 18-year record of non-conference home wins. Like, rip. these are... Big-time schools. Some really good basketball schools. So it's like, no, we're not going to be able to compete there. Same thing with football. You look at the, these schools that we're competing against, New Mexico State, they might be the worst team in the FBS, but they're dropping down. And be good. they're going to be good in the FCS. Yeah. And the Texas schools, always good. They've got national championships to their name. And that was the one thing. I was like, gosh, I, I just feel like we've made so much progress in the big sky. Are we taking a step back now where we're going to be a middle-of-the-road team? And all of that went away during the SUU press conference. When Demario Warren, a man of few words, when he was asked about that, he said, listen, since I've been here at SCU, we've been a part of three different conferences now, and guess what? We won a championship in every single one of them. Yeah. That's all he had to say, and immediately I was like, oh, all right, Demo. Okay, we can do this. We're built for this. This is in our our blood now, you know? These guys are used to moving up, because... As, as far as football goes, at least, the Big Sky was a huge step up from the MidCon and the Summit, yeah. and now we're taking another step up. So it's uh, it's just, it's it's going to be an exciting time to be around SU Athletics as during this transition period. Yeah, I, I will say the it may it may take some time to to get uh, acclimated. Like right away, you're probably better than Dixie. You're probably just as good as GCU and UU and. That that's not to say it's just switching conferences is going to be hard though. You know, there's going to be other things that happen, other people that decide to leave. Transitions happen. If SU is bad for a couple of years, you'll point back to the Big Sky and be like, well, yeah, we were bad for a few years there, and then all of a sudden we were winning championships and poaching all the best talent um, from available schools. And the other thing I want to mention too is that with as much as players are transferring and the thing, the way the transfer rules are changing, like think of all the football players. They're like, oh, wait, I got to go to Texas four times a year mm-hmm. if I join this conference? Like, that's a huge opening as well. If, if you have any players that are, like, frustrated about, you know, not being close to home or whatever, you get this opportunity to go back home 
four times a year, but you still don't have to live close to home. Like that's another big element that I think will be interesting too. I think it's important to mention too that um, as of yet, and that this is the quote that apparently Hayden was getting all weekend is is that there's no immediate plans to add or drop any sports. Yeah. Um, so I know a lot of folks are saying, oh, well, that means baseball's coming back. Uh, yes, in the future, probably more than likely, but not right now. Um, and also gymnastics is staying in their conference as well. That's uh, big. Which, they're in like a premier conference. Yeah. Yeah. The MRGC and then, and WAC also doesn't support yeah. uh, women's gymnastics either. 2010 WAC champions. I was going to say, Connor, you pointed out in your story yesterday that our last gymnastics championship came in the WAC. Um, so I want to say that, that Bryson pointed that out in the press conference. I, I parroted it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a really that's a funny observation. Well, when I worked for the athletic department, that whack trophy was right there at the front <laughs> desk every single day. You'd see the whack trophy. So, um, but no, I you know I'm I, I'm someone that gets caught up on the minutia, right? Like you're talking to a guy who hung his career on being really good at predicting the second round of the NBA draft. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not the first. I want the guys that fall through the cracks. Um, but. Uh, one thing I kept thinking of is every single football school is a warm warm weather environment. Yeah. And we obviously are going to play better in warm weather too. But, man, those late season games when teams got to come to Cedar, Ooh. we're the only place in the conference yeah. that's going to be used to playing in the cold. That is a huge advantage for our football team, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. the, those all teams the Texas schools are for not going to want to come to those for sure. late season games in Cedar. So it's, uh, I think that's a big advantage for us too. Yeah, Montana was like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's snowing. You guys can see. <laughs> right? It's easy. How many feet? Oh, yeah, we can still play. <laughs> <laughs> it's snowing. How many feet? Well, um I don't know. Any other final thoughts? I feel like we, we covered a lot of ground about it. Um, one thing that we haven't really covered in any articles, we haven't seen much, is kind of the timeline. The timeline of all of this was really interesting to yeah. me. Because, you know, since, I mean, I, I remember it was, gosh, two, three years ago. Um, I was telling Bryson this yesterday. I was get, It was a Saturday morning. I was getting into the shower. And right as I was getting into the shower my phone buzzed and it was Bryson and it was a thread from Reddit, college football Reddit. And <laughs> someone had leaked Dixie State's division one realignment yeah. proposal. And I sat there for like the next hour with my hand hanging out of the shower, scrolling through my phone. <laughs> didn't even, I was so into like reading every little piece. I didn't even get out of the shower. So I'm just sitting there with my head in my hand out of the shower, reading all of the scrolling through <laughs> and just texting everybody like, oh my gosh, you think this is real? Since then, there have been rumblings like, oh gosh, what, what does this mean for SCU? What do we need to do this? Dixie State's going FBS. Should we drop football together, just become a basketball school? Like, you know, all this stuff. And so hearing the timeline and uh, Chris from the Spectrum is going to have a, a great story about this. Um, and he got way more details than I did. But a, a few little tidbits that that I gleaned from this weekend was like, when did these conversations start? Yeah. Well, obviously there has been rumblings forever. The WAC, the Texas schools, this isn't something that just happens overnight. They've been thinking about this. Yeah. And uh, President Wyatt said it was seven, eight months ago that 
the WAC commissioner reached out to him the first time and said, hey, we're looking to pair with these Texas schools, create football in the WAC again at the FCS level, and we want you guys to join. And President Wyatt, basically just doing his due diligence, wasn't going to say yes or no immediately, Mm -hmm. um, said he'd think about it. And the first thing he said he did was he called Big Sky Commissioner and told him, hey, I have this offer. (laughs) Um, Word will get out if you don't tell him. we are thinking about it. Yeah. And the way he put it was, you know, we have, we're leaving the Big Sky with a very amicable relationship, right? Like, um, they get it. They obviously want us to stay. Mm -hmm. No one wants to lose conference members. Um, but it was also done in a way that there aren't hard feelings, which the Texas schools can't say about the Southland. The second they gave the Southland notice, the Southland kicked them out of the conference. So they're probably going to be independents next year if the WAC doesn't start a year earlier for Mm -hmm. football, which without us there, there'd only be six members. We don't even know if they can't, what that means. Um, so he wanted to keep that relationship, you know, strong. But at the same time, the way he put it was, you know, when you've been dancing with one person for the last five, six years, and then you suddenly tell them you want to dance with someone else, there's going to be hurt feelings. Of course. Um, And for SCU to compete in football in the WAC in 2021, we would have needed to give them the Big Sky notice by by July 1st that we were leaving. Mm -hmm. Anything after July 1st and until the academic school year is over, is a $2 million penalty. Yikes. Obviously, we're not a school that can absorb a $2 million penalty, and the WAC's not going to pay our $2 million penalty for us, you know, like the SEC did for Texas A&M and Mizzou when they left the the Big 12. And so that relation, that's why we're basically waiting until 2022, is we weren't able to make the commitment until August, basically, that this would happen. Um, So... It's it's going to be really interesting for the next 18 months watching Big Sky Sports, knowing that we're on our way out. Yeah. Um, I didn't get to watch the the basketball game last night um, because I was in the air. I made the mistake of purchasing in-flight Wi-Fi that then Woo. went out immediately. Uh, so no I way. didn't even get to watch it anyways, <laughs> but I listened to it. Um, and one thing I was listening for is are we going to get any whistles in the next 18 <laughs> months? And it was there any way to not announce this until after basketball season this year? Cause this is the year for basketball. This is the year we've been building for. And uh, yeah, I just couldn't shake the thought of, you know, we are no longer competing against conference. We're, we're not competing with conference refs. We're competing against non-conference refs. And that's a scary thought. Now, I do I think the big sky is going to tell the referees, hey, don't let SCU win? No. You know? But at the same time, you, you can't help but to worry about that as a, yeah. a sports fan, especially when things aren't going your way. Is it because everyone's mad at us and they're just <laughs> pretending to be nice? But, you know, it. like I said... Uh, now you can berate the ref with no... Uh, no holes barred. Right? Yeah, you're not going to be my ref anymore. Oh, man. Next year, Thunder <laughs> you're not Crew. Us calls I expect anyway. Thunder Crew to go all in <laughs> on these these big sky refs, but uh, which wouldn't be hard because, you know, they're most likely just uh, coaching Little League uh, basketball on their off days. 
because um, that's the quality of referees we have in the Big Sky. Woo. But anyways, um, you know, at the end of the day, these schools really, really, really made our athletic department and our university administration feel like they wanted us and that we could be a part of something special. You know, with, with the Big Sky, Weber State, Montana, NAU, Idaho State, those schools are always going to have a special bond because the Big Sky was built around them. Yeah. They built their identity around them, and it's great that we got invited in, but we were always going to be the one they invited in, the one they let in. We're not on that inner circle. Now we're a founding member of bringing WAC football back. We get to be that forever yeah. now. We have a you home. Know? We are one of those schools that took the jump, took a big risk making it, and uh, the level of gratitude that I saw there was just amazing. Like, I mean, President Wyatt even said, um, for every Big Sky president or athletic director that called him and tried to talk him into not leaving, the all of the the new WAC presidents were beat them. They were there way before explaining why they're making it, why they want us to jump with them, why they felt like we were a good partner uh, for them. So, um, I mean, all in all, I think this is a, if nothing else, a really, really, really exciting move. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of opportunity for SEU if it's done the right way and we're able to, to compete at this level, which I think they, all of our teams have proven they absolutely can. Yeah, very well said. I think it raises the ceiling for what SU can do. Um, like if New Mexico State is ranked in basketball, why can't SU get to that someday? If if they there's FBS aspirations among those Texas schools, like, you know, who knows if, if that something like that could happen someday. Like, you don't make this big move with just this move in mind. Like, obviously, they, they put all this together to continue to push everybody forward, to raise the ceiling. Is this going to be like a two-bid basketball conference someday? You could never have said that about the Big Sky, but maybe you can say that about the WAC. Right. If you don't win the Big Sky championship, you're not going to the NCAA tournament at the end of the day. We've had teams here at SU that won the conference title and lost in the Big Sky tournament. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they didn't get in. Um, Yeah, you got a New Mexico State or... You know, Stephen F. If they've got, if they're sitting there in the top twenty-five and they don't win, that's fine. Yep. They'll still probably make it in. And guess what? We get a million dollars. The conference gets a million dollars for every tournament team. So that's a lot extra money yeah. getting pumped in through our revenue sharing. Um, you briefly mentioned FBS football. I think that's something a lot of people are wondering about. Um, we were told that in. 2022. So basically when we start our FCS uh, football schedule that uh, all the schools have committed to looking into a transition to FBS. Because I think ultimately the the WAC wants to be at the FBS level. They have so much history um, at at the FBS level. level. I mean, BYU was in the WAC when they won the national championship in 1984. I don't know if you've been on Twitter ever. I don't know if you've been on Twitter ever, but BYU fans are still talking about it. But... uh, (laughs) They uh, Bosco the goat, man. <laughs> they, uh, you know, the the opportunity for SCU to go FBS. That's something that would never happen in the Big Sky, no, no. you know. And so, um, and you guys, you know, you've taken sports administration. You know how I feel about FCS football. It's fun, but it's the dumbest thing in the world because 
you win the championship. You ask anyone, hey, who won the national football championship? Alabama. They're going to say Bama. They're not going to say North Dakota State. <laughs> so um, I just I don't think FCS football is a smart anyways. So you're proposing that Alabama and North Dakota State should play each other. Oh, my gosh. Can you, can you <laughs> imagine three? that? Hey, I think North Dakota State could put up more points than that. Don't think they could stop them. 70 to 10. 70 to 10. Um, but, no, it's it's uh, just the opportunity for maybe FBS football one day is exciting. The opportunity for maybe bringing baseball back is exciting. Um, it, it's for most of the programs here at SUU, I think this was a, a step up in competition. Obviously, the one that I kind of feel for through all of this is cross country and track because yeah. – that you was know, a great conference. The for, Big Sky yeah. was like the SEC of cross country. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> NAU is Bama. NAU is the Bama of, of you know, distance running. So, um, but once again, like, just because we're not in their conference doesn't mean we can't compete against them. Like, we can still go to every conference. The, the color country uh, is still yours. You every invitational that yeah. they go to, right? Like, there's not a ton of, oh, these are only Big Sky. This is an only Big Sky meet. Um so as long as those relationships are there. Yeah, there's there's one big Skype meet a year. Right. So it's <laughs> I, I think a lot of that is overblown. Yeah. But I don't know. It's uh it's ex- it's an exciting time like I said. Uh 2022 can't come fast enough. Yeah, I'm excited to see to see what all happens. But I think that's all we've got for for this special edition of Thundercast. Hayden, thank you for joining us on like 4 hours of sleep or however long but um yeah we'll be back next week with just your usual seu basketball recaps and previews thanks for listening